KPBS On Demand is supported by UC San Diego, offering the online Master of Data Science program, a journey through computation, data analysis, and real-world applications. Learn more about the online Master of Data Science program from UC San Diego at omds.ucsd.edu. Good morning, I'm Tepe Cruz. It's Friday, December 15th. The sheriff is proposing a $500 million plan to modernize local jails. More on what advocates think about it next. But first, let's do the headlines. Officials have identified the Camp Pendleton Marine killed on the base Tuesday. Sergeant Matthew Bilski of Royal Oak, Michigan was just 23 years old when his amphibious combat vehicle rolled over during what the Marines are calling ground maneuvers. Matthew McDowell's son, First Lieutenant Connor McDowell, was killed on the base in 2019 in a tactical vehicle rollover. He's worked ever since to force the military to improve safety, but says as long as troops are dying, not enough is being done by their leaders. This is not acceptable. The generals have to take responsibility for enforcing the safety of our children. Tuesday's crash is under investigation. All but one of the 14 Marines sent to the hospital after the rollover have been released. Construction has started on a four-story development in San Isidro that will have 100 affordable apartments. Iris at San Isidro will be a transit-oriented housing community with one, two, and three-bedroom apartments for families and people earning less than 60% of the area median income. 15 of the apartments will be reserved as permanent supportive housing for people experiencing homelessness or at risk of homelessness. It's expected to be complete in summer of 2025. The new Major League Soccer team, San Diego FC, has signed its first player. Duran Faree is a 17-year-old youth national goalkeeper from San Diego. He signed a four-year contract with the team. Faree played last season in the United Soccer League with the San Diego Loyal. Before that, he played in other local soccer organizations, including being a goalkeeper for the San Diego Surf Soccer Club. San Diego FC will play its inaugural MLS season in 2025. From KPBS, you're listening to San Diego News Now. Stay with me for more of the local news you need. KPBS On Demand is supported by Under the Sun Foundation, presenting the Candlewood Arts Festival in Borrego Springs featuring temporary public art projects that engage community and place. March 23rd. More at candlewoodartsfestival.org. San Diego County Sheriff Kelly Martinez has proposed a $500 million plan to modernize local jails over the next 10 years. Reporter Jacob Ayer talked with her about the plan and with advocates who say it will take more than money to create real change. Sabrina Weddle is still angry that her brother, Saxon Rodriguez, died inside the San Diego County Central Jail in 2021. We miss our little brother. He should have never died in jail. He got a hold of fentanyl and methamphetamine inside the facility and overdosed. To get a phone call that your loved one has died in jail is, you know, you, you, you think this is a place they're safe, that they're getting help and cared for, and that wasn't the case for Saxon. Last year, a state audit found the San Diego County Sheriff's Department has failed to adequately prevent and respond to the deaths in the jails. Since then, two new bills have become state law. They provide further oversight regarding jail deaths, 
mental health, and medical health care. Paul Parker is executive director of the Citizens Law Enforcement Review Board, which investigates jail deaths. The Sheriff's Department has implemented some changes, and so I think that that's helpful. But one of the things that the Sheriff's Department is leery to do is to implement some of the policy recommendations that we have made, specifically about scanning its own employees entering the facilities for drugs. A grand jury report also recommended scanning for everyone entering the jails. Body scanning is not something that's really practical or that we think we can do with our staff, but there's a lot of things that we're doing to keep staff and everyone who's coming into our facilities from bringing contraband inside. San Diego County Sheriff Kelly Martinez has introduced a wide-ranging 10-year plan to upgrade the region's aging detention centers. It includes major renovations for the county's seven detention facilities, with the majority of the money going towards the oldest site, the Vista Detention Center. A jail built in the 70s isn't built, wasn't built for the population that we're serving today. Uh, the cells uh, really aren't structured in a way that's therapeutic or helps people with mental illness or the medical needs that we need. North County Equity and Justice Coalition's Yousef Miller agrees the facilities need upgrades but says the issues run deeper than the structures themselves. The families that we represent that have lost loved ones in custody, it wasn't because the, the walls were cracked. It wasn't because the toilets were broke. It was because they were neglected. The county is facing multiple lawsuits over in-custody deaths. Weddell is not involved in a lawsuit, but says there were shortcomings by the department in her brother's death. It's already been determined by CLERB that the sheriffs were responsible for not keeping those drugs out of jail. Um, it's also been determined by the medical examiners that the deputies checked him at 65 minutes when they're supposed to check him every 60 minutes. Martinez says her department's goal of reducing jail deaths in San Diego County will help to inform the modernization projects. We look at every death that occurs in our custody and we examine, we methodically examine, is there something we could have done differently? Parker says jail deaths are down so far this year compared to last in part because the anti-overdose drug naloxone is now available to inmates. And he says medical and mental health screening is more robust now. But he says more needs to be done. CLERB wants jurisdiction over employees who provide medical service in the jails. We can't look at any complaints about anybody saying, well, this nurse didn't do this or this nurse gave me the wrong medication. There's nothing we can do. We want that authority so we get the full picture of the, the type of care being provided and the deaths that are occurring. Miller agrees more staff oversight is needed and says the modernization plan should focus on improved medical care and better mental health treatment. I hope that leads to a drop in loss of life in custody. Most of these people dying are pretrial, which means they died innocently in jail because they've never had their day in court. Weddle says her brother died while waiting to go to court just four days after his arrest. Justice would be them taking proper care of the inmates that are in there. They're inmates, but they're humans. Martina says the Sheriff's Department will spend the next few years identifying funding for the modernization project and hopes construction can begin in the next four to five years. Jacob Ayer, KPBS News. California State University is holding cultural belongings and unburied ancestors of Native American tribes. Reporter Katie Heisen looked at recent steps to return them. We're still trying to rebuild our nations from the genocide that happened to our people. It is hard when we know the spirits of our 
ancestors are locked on shelves. That's Jack Potter Jr., chairman of the Redding Rancheria tribe of Wintu Indians. Speaking about an audit that found that CSU had almost 700,000 cultural belongings and almost 6,000 unburied ancestors and had only returned 6% of them. Even though federal law required the return process back in 1990, Director of CSU's Tribal Relations, Marianne Reyes, says they don't yet know what all those belongings are, which tribes they belong to, even where they're stored. They are going to look everywhere from, sadly, bookshelves to locked closets to cabinets. The audit also found the university system hasn't prioritized it. Legislators are now requiring them to appoint committees and a full-time staff person at every campus to oversee this effort. That's 154 vacancies to fill, the beginning of a very long process. And Potter says, very overdue. Like Moses said to the pharaohs, I say to the USC, let my people go. Katie Heisen, KPBS News. Some San Diego taxi drivers now have a ride-hailing app, just like Lyft and Uber. SciTech reporter Thomas Fudge tells us about the app that United Taxi Workers will start using tomorrow. There are still taxi drivers in San Diego, despite the storm of changes to the industry brought by ride-sharing companies. And now taxis dispatched through the United Taxi Workers of San Diego have a ride-hailing app. UC San Diego Communications professor Lily Irani helped design it. So starting Saturday, you can go to your Apple App Store, your Google Play Store, and just search for Ride United. Irani says today's taxi customers expect to find rides on their phone, not by calling a dispatcher. The director of the United Taxi Workers Union says that unlike some rideshare companies, San Diego taxis don't have surge pricing. And the vast majority of the fares go to the driver, 94% in fact. There's 6% technology fee approved by the city. And that's all we are charging right now. Company documents show that Uber's take rate, the amount the company takes for every ride, is 29%. Thomas Fudge, KPBS News. Coming up, it's almost the weekend. We have details on some arts events this weekend, just after the break. I'm Bill Hohen. And I'm Ted Hohen. Over the past 50 years, our family has brought many world-class dealerships to Carlsbad, including Mercedes-Benz, Porsche, Audi, Honda, Acura, Jaguar, and Land Rover. That's right. This year we're celebrating 50 years in Carlsbad. So on behalf of the entire Hohen family, we want to thank San Diego. Throughout the years, We've taken tremendous pride in meeting and even exceeding our customers' automotive needs. We value the relationships with our clients and look forward to serving you for years to come. We invite you to visit one of the Hohen Carlsbad dealerships or hohenmotors.com.
The holiday season includes an arts event this weekend focusing on San Diego's Filipino community. And education reporter M.G. Perez says it will provide entertainment and a life-saving opportunity. Members of the Filipino American Women's Club of San Diego County are rehearsing their folk dances that are included in this Sunday's Mariah Arts Festival. The South Bay Arts Group is hosting the day-long event of dance and music performances featuring Filipinos of all ages and abilities. Candy Custodio Tan is a spoken word artist who will perform alongside both her young children with special needs. Talking about our heritage, our culture, our history, our ethnicity. For us as a family, it's very much about our intersectional identities. There's also a blood drive encouraging donors from minority communities to participate. The San Diego Blood Bank says the best blood type matches are often found between people who share blood type and the same ethnicity. The event happens Sunday at Wilson Middle School in City Heights. M.G. Perez, KPBS News. Arts editor and producer Julia Dixon-Evans has some other suggestions for arts events to check out this weekend. She shared the details with my colleague Jade Heinemann. She starts by telling us about a hip-hop-themed Scrabble Night. So this is a KPBS event. It features our podcast host, Parker Edison. He's going to be taking on rapper Mickey Vale in what they're calling a philanthropic Scrabble battle. So they want to start having these conversations with younger people in the hip-hop community about philanthropy. So they're going to lead by example. They're going to put their own money on the line, and the winner of the Scrabble match donates the prize money to a local cause of their choice. There'll be hip-hop performances from Rick Scales, Mickey Vale herself, and DJ Root, and also a photography exhibit on view. This is at the Mental Bar, the cafe in Encanto. It's going to be a really artistic and fun afternoon, and just watching two really great wordsmiths play Scrabble should be fun in and of itself. It's Sunday from 11 to 3 at the Mental Bar, and it's all free. Wonderful. Also, in San Ysidro, there's an international group show at the Front Gallery. So tell me why this is on your radar. Yeah, it's called Theorema, and it is a group show featuring Margaret Noble, who's an interdisciplinary visual sound artist in San Diego, and Jaime Lobato from Mexico City, and then an internationally based artist collective called Interspecifics. In this exhibit, there's augmented reality. They have bioluminescent bacteria lamps. And then other installations that are all kind of this mesh of art with technology and science and imagining these possible futures. One of the works is a set of live camera feeds from these nature preserves all over the world. This is Margaret Noble's work. So you can see giraffes or alligators. And she also has a set of postcards. They're set up on this rack like in a newsstand that you can actually spin and pick pick up and browse through. Those are called convenience atrocities. And the postcards kind of call out your own tiny climate shames. And it's on view through late January. And the gallery is open and free Tuesday through Saturday, 11 to 6. All right. And finally, some music. What's on your radar for live music this weekend? Okay, so there's one show here, a bunch of really great local acts on my radar are all playing at the same time at Soda Bar on Sunday. There's a band called Russ Boulevard. They're a, a great indie band. They're named after the actual street in San Diego. This is Los Primos from their new EP. It's just out this fall. Oh. 
also playing is Cheyenne Benton. She was nominated for a San Diego Music Award earlier this year, and her album, Beautiful Chaos, just came out this spring. It's a really great listen, kind of this sparkling indie pop sound. And I'll leave you with the title track, Beautiful Chaos. That was KPBS arts editor and producer Julia Dixon-Evans speaking with KPBS Midday Edition host Jade Heineman. You can find details on these and more arts events at kpbs.org arts. That's it for the podcast today. This podcast is produced by Emmalyn Mohebi and edited by Brooke Ruth. As always, you can find more San Diego news online at kpbs.org. Join me on your podcast feed on Monday. I'm Debbie Cruz. Thanks for listening and have a great weekend. KPBS On Demand is supported by UC San Diego Osher Lifelong Learning Institute, hosting an open house to learn about the upcoming classes and seminars, member benefits, and meet the volunteer leadership team, Saturday, March 30th. Registration at extendedstudies.ucsd.edu slash O-L-L-I.